dusty ins, just cause the outs, and let's talk about, let's talk about, let's talk about. This week on Let's Talk About the Arts with Steve Phillips Management, I'm joined by tenor Matthew McKinney. We talk about the main topic on all tenors' lips, top notes, as well as running in the Scottish hills and exploring new skills. Good afternoon, Matthew. How are you? Very well, thanks. How are you doing? I'm really well. Thank you so much for being here today. It's lovely to see you again. My pleasure. The last time that we were talking, you were in a theatre, uh, out of lockdown, you were released and you were performing your first uh, professional role since college. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. I was in uh, uh, Buxton in the Summer Opera Festival there performing uh, a Sondheim musical, A Little Night Music. It was amazing, an incredible experience. And after what we, all musicians have had, you know, the lockdown and the lack of music making, it was, yeah. to be honest, quite magical as a first contract. Unreal. And you are actually performing with one of your fellow Steve Phillips management peeps, Julia. Yeah. No, it was actually so nice. We spent, you know, all day, every day with each other for seven weeks and really got to know each other. It was it was it was great. She's great. Nice. If you haven't checked out Julia's episode, it is out there. So please do go check it out. Matthew, you told me a story about how you kind of were introduced to opera and it was to do with a video of the little known singer Pavarotti. Could you kind of tell us about that story? Because I just love it. Yeah, of course. Um, I, yeah, so I wasn't actually brought up into sort of a, an opera loving household or anything like that. But I, I was a keen singer as a child when I was a treble. Um, and then when my voice changed, it kind of seemed like the, the world was going to end. You know, I couldn't sing the sort of beautiful, pristine treble soprano notes. And <laughs> I thought I'd never really sing again. And it was it your was life upset. was over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was upsetting for a while. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, a couple of years into high school, there were there were free singing lessons on offer at that time. And, you know, in uh, all the, the high schools in the area of Scotland, I was in. Yeah. So I started getting some singing lessons and I was enjoying singing along to like some of the musical theatre rep and Michael Bublé and things like that. And I stumbled across this video of um, Pavarotti singing Nathan Dorma. I mean, everyone yeah. everyone has seen this video. It's, it's, it's amazing from, yeah. the, from the World Cup in 1990. And uh, I scrolled down um, looking through all the comments and it was comment after comment of talking about how incredible his voice is and how incredible his high notes are. And to my untrained ear, because when an opera singer sings high, it sounds so easy and effortless and yeah. amazing. I was naive enough to think that he wasn't actually singing that high. And after my three or four singing lessons at the high school, I could probably sing that high. So I stood <laughs> up um, and I tried to sing the climactic moment of uh, Nathan Dorma in my kitchen. And obviously it went, well, I, it was absolutely awful. Um, <laughs> and basically from that moment on, like the penny kind of dropped. And I okay. and I re- became quite obsessed with opera singing and how opera singers produce their voices to sound so easy and effortless um, and became particularly addicted to learning about tenor singing and tenor technique. Yeah. And luckily you 
were and are a tenor. So yes, that yeah, was a nice yeah. fish. <laughs> yeah, that works. It's out not well. like you were a baritone <laughs> trying to scream out the notes, going, "I will be a tenor." No, no, um, no. And I have heard Matthew sing, and he is definitely a tenor and a beautiful tenor. So, Thank like, you. let's let's talk a little bit about starting that journey and start getting into like kind of technique and producing a particular sound. Like, I'm a tenor myself, and I would always say the tenor voice isn't the most natural voice. It's definitely something that you have to maneuver your way around, learn to use. Um, there's definitely, when you get up to those top notes, they're a mix of fear, knowing what you're doing, <laughs> figuring out what you're doing, it changing regularly. What was that kind of road like for you in kind of figuring out your tenorial voice? And like, was it an easy road? Did you you just said like those top notes were a bit like Wah! at the kind of start. Yeah. But yeah, did you sure. click into it quickly or what was that road like for you? I never had a naturally easy like top of my voice. Um, okay. I think that it, for me, it has been a sort of building process and it continues to be actually, you know, it's the top of my voice is still the area that I feel like, as you say, there's a lot of fear you know, going into those moments, especially, yeah. you, you know, you're singing in front of people. Um, I feel so, your pain. I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I've spent, a, I spent a lot of my sort of latter years of high school and the start of my undergraduate um, really kind of obsessing over the upper middle and figuring out what these, I was listening to, you know, lots of recordings of the best singers and beginning to sort of take in the way that they would you know shift their vowel and change their like mouth position on a video or things like that yeah. and I became quite obsessed with like the production of like the passaggio as we call it you know it's the word that's thrown around amongst yeah. all the singers <laughs> um <laughs> uh, and I suppose the more and more I got that in line and continue to get that in line the talk begins to kind of sort of fill itself out um i feel yeah. a little bit i feel a little bit rogue saying that because i i am aware that i've still got a lot to a lot of steps mm -hmm. to take on that sort of trajectory but yeah, yeah for me for me it was kind of quite obsessive from quite a young age um about how the best opera singers and the most beautiful easy voices i listened to were yeah. producing like their vowels and things like that it's something I can relate with that kind of obsessive nature and being like so into it and listening to videos, not only like singers, but also people talking about those top notes. And, you know, in college, it being a tenor, I feel like all people are always waiting and commenting on like, you know, oh, have they got their top notes? And yeah. oh, watch that. Like it's kind of coming from your own teacher, from coaches. Like, you know, it's quite an obsessive thing and it's my own journey I've been on as well. But do you find that that obsessive nature came internally or do you think it was also fed by an expectation kind of outside maybe coaches, teachers, um, or like audiences? Yeah, well, that, that's actually hitting on a, a really interesting um, kind of personal topic for me because I feel like I've gone through a big shift um, over the past sort of year and a half. I mean, we've all we've all changed and sort of gone through internal shifts because of COVID. But for yeah. me, I think I think a lot of the um, I do feel like there's an element of, you know, pressure and expectation on young tenor voices in conservatoires because the top you know the top is the money that's what lots of people say um, yeah uh, and but for me I think it was more a sort of I had quite a lot of 
drive and quite a lot of ambition to to figure it out and okay upon like reflecting on it now a few years later um i kind of think that i feel very pleased that i think i've let go of a lot of that because nice i think that holding on to this sort of like the personal thing in your head saying oh yeah you need to you need to learn how to sing at the top you need to figure that out like it's the most important thing about your singing mm-hmm. is actually i mean it's just a bit detrimental to actually making the right kind of progress in your absolutely. singing absolutely yeah i i completely agree with you and it was kind of that for me as well like i suppose how i look at it looking back for some years is focusing on this one area like the top notes you know which i think a lot of tenors do takes away from a lot of the other areas um maybe why we go into music why we like singing what we enjoy what are those now that you're kind of like stepping out of college and you've kind of said you know you've gone through a little shift as i think we all have what areas are you looking forward to exploring in your career that maybe aren't just the the money notes or the top notes? Are there other areas that you're like, do you know what? I can't wait to maybe get a bit obsessive about this area. Yeah, no, I know. It's actually been, I feel actually quite liberated being out of um, education for a bit because. Awesome. Yeah, because it, it, it and it's allowing me to kind of open and open up to all of the requirements you know, of becoming a good sort of authentic artist. Yeah. And again, I, I think we said this in our in our last conversation. When I was in Buxton, when I arrived at Buxton in day one, you know, I, I didn't really know what to expect. But just two weeks or three weeks into the process, my mind had been completely shifted in terms of like the answer to that question you just asked, in terms of wow. wh- where I want to take my sort of next few years. Because like the bottom, the bottom line is I'm still quite young. I've still got a, a lot of sort of technical development to go. But there's so many brilliant, exciting avenues to do with like relationships with characters and the way I act or use text that I just hadn't really fully sort of uh, embodied into my yeah. artistry until I had to do the acting part of my character in Buxton. And until I was surrounded by straight actors and musical theater performers and mm-hmm. this whole breadth of people that were in the, sh- the in the production there. Um, and it totally changed my sort of vision, like in terms of where I want to go over the next yeah. few years. Oh, my God, I love that. Like that, that sounds really exciting. And I suppose like I look back and I'm like, you know, the more you focus on one area, like the top notes or even a technical issue, you're actually taking away from so much like joy and so much excitement of like what the career actually is all about. Yeah, I can I, I completely agree. And it's just funny that sometimes it does take that little bit of hindsight to, to realize that you're yeah. slightly on the wrong or not, maybe, you know, maybe not even the wrong trajectory because you do need to spend time, you know, sorting Definitely. out your technique and you do need to sort of invest a lot of your energy into singing at the top of your voice if you're a tenor but actually like what you say kind of fits the nail on the head like not losing sight of the reasons you start the things that you want to give Mm -hmm. to an audience like and the things that you want to explore in and of yourself like as an artist are yeah so much more important and so much more fun to actually kind of focus your energy on yeah so moving forward now that you kind of have this hindsight and like as you say there's probably going to be 
more technical work to do, still some exploring in the same realm that you've been. But now you've also learned, actually, I've got to kind of work on my skills here, enjoy my craft here. How are you going to, in your own practice and your own kind of development, how are you going to encompass all those areas? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a kind of good question. I, I suppose I've not completely unpacked all of that. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, but but I'm what I am have started and sort of I'm committing to right now is um, some some straight acting lessons with one of the cast members from Buxton. Nice, which, I love yeah, that. Which I'm really excited about because I just fell in love with my character okay. um, from A Little Night Music. I was playing the character of Henrik. And on day one of it, I had this sort of assumption about who the character was. And I, I didn't particularly have an affinity with him. And by mm-hmm. the time I was singing the last show, I was like, I feel like I've actually gone on this kind of journey that so many people talk about. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're getting a masterclass or you're getting advice, I feel like I've gone on this journey with this character. And I now kind of understand a few principles of how to embody like the three dimensional aspects of that. So one of my priorities going forward is going to be continuing on that track of um, thinking about different characters and and how to act and yeah. demonstrate sort of the three dimensions of. I love that. That sounds thing. like it sounds so exciting. Like it's kind of like you're almost like I know that we all say, you know, as opera singers, we need to know how to act as well. And I think there's quite a range in the industry of people who are maybe natural actors, people who definitely have skills behind them. And then people who maybe it wouldn't be their main focus. What would you say, having just done um, Buxton and also now starting these kind of acting lessons, what are the areas of kind of acting like that craft that skill that you think kind of makes you go oh I want to I want to learn more about this um and could you compare or contrast any of them with your uh, skills as an opera singer yeah well I, I think that they are as you say they, they inevitably overlap you know in some yeah definitely for for every for every aspiring opera singer um but what what really I had a sort of penny drop moment um, a couple of weeks into the rehearsal process where sudden I began to understand like people were saying to me when I was you know asking some of the more experienced cast for ex- advice that mm-hmm. um, you know the most important thing is is not to like know your lines it's not even to have a clue what's coming next it's just to listen to what's being said to you okay yeah gotcha and, you know and and it, it sounds so so basic when i say it out loud but actually i had a moment where i feel like i fully um in, embodied that idea of listening and what it turned into for me was an entire series of scenes where i understood like the the actual reason my character was saying his lines mm-hmm. in like each one feeding into the next on his sort of narrative journey and that i think is you know demonstrative of every character you'll ever play you know they'll all go on a journey from a to b um and it's trying to for me anyway i think it's going to become trying to understand you know the human aspects of why they end up why they start where they are why they end up where they are and how i can sort of bring that out in a operatic character or an acting or an acting character 
and mm-hmm. you know as a sort of more organic journey yeah you're reminding me of when i was in college i think i was in first year and there was a tenor and he was i think three or three years ahead of me or so he was definitely coming to the end dean power and um, he's an amazing guy but mm. i remember like look because in our college like everyone was in the same song classes like fourth years third years first years like we were all there we all watched each other um and I remember always watching him and just being um, like amazed by him like I was a proper little fangirl and whenever (laughs) I'd get to chat to him I'd always be like Dean can I have any advice um (laughs) but I remember asking him something about like text and emotion because that was definitely like a strong point on his and he said something similar he's like sing every line like it's the first time you've ever sung it yeah which is probably similar to what you're saying is say every line like it's the first first time you've ever said it which is also tricky because you've learned your lines you've learned your songs so it's a real skill yeah. to then go i'm gonna sing this as if i haven't sang it like this one line 50 times in a practice room focusing on one million different things and now I'm just going to deliver to you like it's the first time I've said this line yeah no completely and and it's like one of the challenges that I do think is outlines kind of throughout your studies you know it's often said by teachers or people who come in to get and give and give help in master classes and things that mm-hmm. you know you've got to you've got to be kind of spontaneous in the way that you perform um, yeah. and yeah you know and I've heard that I must have heard people say that to me for the whole six years I was studying yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and then when I but when I find when you know when I went on this journey with the character in Buxton I felt like I was I, I actually got to a point where I could you know understand it now in a, in yeah. a way that will allow me to kind of go forward yeah I love that moment of like people telling you things again and again and again and yeah. you're like oh yeah 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 and you just keep hearing it and then that moment it clicks and you're like oh okay yeah. they they were right or yeah okay <laughs> it took me a while but I got here I love that moment let's jump into something you're also very passionate about and it's a hobby um that we've we've chatted about but it I don't know if it'd be your main hobby but fell running which is something I have never heard of now I have heard of it because we have chatted about it but I want you in case there's anyone like me out there who's never heard of this what is fell running I was about to say what the hell is fell running (laughs) (laughs) oh nice um yeah I mean essentially it's it's no more complicated than running up and down hills or mountains um I was basically brought up as a kid um by by two parents that were extremely passionate about the hills um, they okay. they actually met they met on a mountain together they my dad proposed to my mom on a mountain um, oh and, i love <laughs> this <laughs> yeah and and since i was about 6 years old our summer holidays have consisted of going around different parts of scotland and climbing hills together um yes. when i got into high school uh, i was doing a little bit of running with some of my friends and it I mean, it was a no-brainer in the end. You know, I lived at the bottom of some really nice hills, and my friend also liked going. Like we like we liked walking up hills. Um, so we just decided to mix our two hobbies together. Um, yeah. And it turns out, you know, there's a there's a real community of of fell runners and hill runners, and um, yeah. So that's my that is absolutely my my other passion. It sounds like everything that we've 
I'd say a lot of us have learned over the last while, you know, be in nature, be out in kind of the outdoors, be active. It encompasses a lot. What does kind of fell running bring to your life? Like, is it something that's quite, you know, good for your mental health or, you know, does it get your mind off things? What, what way does it enhance your life? So in so many ways, actually, um, I'd say that like, kind of partly to my to my shame I could probably be found in the hills about as often as I can in the practice room but I I think that the two actually ultimately you know go hand in hand in my head Um, and the the hills as you say like in terms of mental health it's it's like the most the most brilliant thing for me it's it's not just the, the the enjoyment I get from like you know pushing myself physically and the sort of release that gives you when you finish but like mm-hmm. sta- standing like standing on the top of the scottish mountains where you know i've been so happy with my family so many times over like my childhood and upbringing um yeah. and, and seeing the world from that perspective one it makes you feel amazing because you're like i just climbed this and i know, know yeah I, yeah which is great but also like, you've achieved yeah yeah it's a total like gives su- such healthy perspective on everything that's actually yeah. happening in your life, no matter how stressful it is. Um, and it's just beautiful to stand there and take in yeah. the amazing world. And the little world of Scotland is my yeah. favorite, of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. It's so simple. It's such a simple hobby, but like it's something I'd never heard of. Um, and would it be quite like long distance? Is it something that's like very strenuous is it something that would affect your singing in any way because that's something I was kind of thinking about like you know years ago I wish I I was still like this but I'm not as conscious anymore but like I'd be like "Mm, is that going to benefit my singing is that kind of you know activity going to benefit my singing or is that something you think about no it, it is and and I think there's some sort of mixed opinions on sort of running and singing and doing really strenuous exercises and singing but for me like you know it can be it can be an extremely long thing some of like I've, I've spent days running in the hills where I've you know I've been out for 11 or 12 hours yeah i can't get over that like yeah and you you oh you're not going to do that the day before you have a big audition no <laughs> but no. um but but you know it, it, it can be whatever you want it to be really and like one of my favorite i think probably my favorite thing to do is just to be out for you know an hour or two hours where you're not even pushing... that matthew i'm like an hour or two hours running what yeah well, <laughs> you barely yeah. get me five minutes down in the park like <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah i suppose it. it's also running up hills is obviously not as as fast as running on flat ground yeah so you, can, fair. you can allow you can allow yourself some let up but yeah i mean it, i i think that it has been a complete eye-opening and continues to be an eye-opening part of my life that keeps me keeps me grounded in a way that allows me to, you know, feel a little bit more at ease with the stresses and competitiveness and worries of a life of this, as a singer, you know, even yeah. even if I was to go and crack on the stage in Buxton or a few years, I was to go and feel like I let myself down in the way I portrayed my character uh, in a Mozart opera or something like that. Okay. You know, by the time I, by the time I've got myself to the top of a hill you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter so much, you know, the world is actually, the world is actually still 
exactly the same yeah. as it was before I did that. Oh my God, I love that. That's actually such a great way of looking at it, like getting somewhere where you can just go, ah, it's all fine. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I love that. And you're so lucky to kind of have something like that, that you can go, you know, because we do have those frustrations in this career and it's nice to have something to literally run away to <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah. i'm i'm thinking about um now i can't remember what it is but it was one of those like mtv shows or something like that and it was like a reality show finding pop stars or whatever and i can't rem- i can't remember what it was but i remember they used to make them run on treadmills and actually right. a choreographer told me to do this one once uh like run on treadmills and sing your entire role and when you're able to like yeah do the whole run singing the entire role that's what the choreographer said to me but in this show they had to sing like a song or whatever um and i just had this image i was like is matthew up on the hills run along singing his roles (laughs) actually no i actually maybe maybe i ought to start incorporating that yeah that might be listen if you start doing that and and it's beneficial it came from me yeah yeah (laughs) you can give me the credit (laughs) we also talked uh before matthew about taking risks Hmm. and i think that this is such a you know it's an interesting thing for an opera singer um but particularly a tenor, and I don't, I hope that other voice types don't mind me saying that, but like you yeah. do have to be quite brave and you do have to be a bit of a risk taker. Um, you're kind of always walking on the tightrope, especially when you go above that stave. Um, yeah. Would you agree with that? Is that something that you feel is part of your singing or how you think? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. I, I, I suppose like there might come a point in, in my like in my career where things feel less risky but to me it, it feels you know it does actually feel brave in a in a number of ways you know there is the 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 worries of going above the stave and yeah it's very much still you know a part of my worry process when i'm singing um but there's also the the bravery of like kind of giving yourself over to an audience of like being emotionally available enough mm. for them to kind of feel what it is that you wanted to show them. And yeah. that is some, that's something that I think um, I've always, I've always loved in essence, the idea of being able to give yourself emotionally over to an audience with the, like the back, like the background of the music and everything. Um, yeah. But it, you know, it does feel like like in a way that you're naked up there and mm. and couple that with some of the technical difficulties that you've got to kind of overcome in some of the most beautiful but uh emotionally naked songs and arias that we'll sing yeah or the roles we'll, that we'll do it's like there is a whole host of uh sort of internal monologues going on that you've got to battle with in order to to give the sort of purest form of what it is you wanted to say in the first place yeah so moving forward what risks because you're at the start of your career like you've you've just come out of college you've just done your first professional role which sounds like it went amazing sounds like yeah you've learned a lot from it and you're taking a lot forward which is great i think you do that with every job um but speaking about risks and being a bit brave moving forward in your career what risks do you want to see yourself taking over the next few years yeah, so I, I think that I'm fortunate enough to be someone who who is quite brave when it comes to standing on stage and singing. 
in terms of like like and i think actually that does come back to my my background and my upbringing from my parents and the perspective that that my running has helped me have you know i am willing to stand up on stage and and kind of you know bear out what like bear out my heart or something yeah um or take a risk with a high note because and and that's something i'm you know i don't want to lose from my artistry actually i think yeah no definitely sometimes it can go wrong but you know i I don't want to lose that and i think i think think... as a as a risk taker it has to go wrong like you're not really taking risks if it doesn't go wrong every now and again sure do you know what i mean yeah absolutely so I, i think going forward um i would like i suppose the risk for me is going to be turning my attention away from so much of the specifically technical nuancing that I've been you know had drilled into me and it's been exposed to at the conservatoire and actually uh, trying to discover like the real essence of the character I'm playing and how I can you know um, find like uh, discover the 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 emotional scope of what it is they have to say how I can make it personal to me and how hopefully by doing that I will be able to you know give something sort of more authentic uh, to an audience yeah I love that it sounds like you're on the such a exciting journey like I'd love to kind of tune in with you like a couple of years from now and go like what's going on on stage yeah. now what lessons because for me like I'm listening to you and definitely looking back at when I was about your age leaving college like I did not have kind of my head together so I think it's really exciting to see where your kind of career is gonna go well no I yeah I feel quite quite lucky because I I, I feel a bit like an open book right now and oh, I love that. Yeah, it, it, it's going it, to, I hope it's interesting too. And I would love to check in in a few years. Let's talk, because you just did a little night music, which is obviously uh, a musical theatre hmm. role. Um, it's a musical theatre piece. So you've kind of explored that. And then obviously your heart is with opera. Like, did that kind of give you a little bit of a, do you know what? I'm going to maybe try other genres, over, other styles. Um, And if you had to kind of, let's let's say it again take some risks what mm. other areas it doesn't necessarily have to be a genre or a style like because you're exploring the acting you know you've explored musical theater there's all these different things and you've mentioned a few times i want to like explore so yeah. like what kind of things can you see yourself taking a risk and going do you know what i'd like to maybe give this a shot or that a shot yeah well in the back of my mind Oh um, yes, bring it yeah. forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in, in the back of my mind, I think it's you know it's definitely not a certainty, but I feel like one of the one of the things that I think would teach me the most about my singing and my artistry over the next few years would be actually doing some straight theatre. Love it. So so maybe so maybe taking on a role where I can't you know hide behind my singing. Um, yes. And seeing how that affects me as as a singer, um, nice. whether whether that that will become a reality, I, I have no idea. Um, listen, we're putting it out in the universe now. <laughs> yeah, it's I know. out there now. Someone will listen, Matt, and be like, "Right, let's go. Yeah. Let's get him on the national." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> 
Matthew, thank you so much for joining me today. I just, I'm so excited for like what's going to come up for you. No, um, thank you. Because I just think that you have got such a strong um, focus and kind of mindset with where you are. And like, I look back at myself and I'm like, Jesus, I was a mess in comparison to you. Well, you know? thank you. <laughs> but um, what is coming up for you over the next while? Um, obviously, COVID is still playing havoc with us. Yeah. But... yeah, so I actually, I suppose, speaking of risks, I am now sort of a freelancing singer. Um, yes. And I'm I'm making the move to London in a few weeks. Ah, um, fantastic! Yeah, yeah. Um, mainly so I can kind of get settled in and explore the this sort of freelancing scene down here. But um, the actual the first reason I decided to make the move was because I have a contract with uh, ETO with English Touring Opera, starting Incredible. starting in January, which is so Unreal. exciting. Yeah. What's the project? Uh, there there are going to be three three operas. Um, that I'm going to be a part of. I'm going to be in the chorus of La Boheme. And then um, the uh, slightly lesser known opera by Rimsy Korsakov called okay. The Golden Cockerel. And the last project, I think, is part of their development scheme. And it's a new opera that's been written for younger voices. And I'll be sort of sharing one of the lead roles in that, which is really exciting. That's really exciting. Talk about definitely exploring that's going to be something yeah. to really get your teeth into yeah absolutely. um and how is london looking at the moment for you like have you are you down there now i actually i'm down here yeah t today for the next few days because i've just come um i've just finished the recital uh that oh, nice. i was doing in a in a festival in in devon and i have a couple of auditions sort of next this coming weekend um so i'm down here just now kind of feeling the ground and then i'm moving to brixton in october nice oh yeah. my god and what are you hoping that like apart from like kind of being a freelance singer and jumping into that mad world in london what else are you looking forward to kind of exploring in london i can't wait to explore the music scene and but and actually the sort of jazz music scene me and my flatmate are really really in, lo in love with jazz music as well oh nice so we're gonna we're gonna hopefully find some nice music venues in brixton um, I'm going to try and consume all of the theatre and opera yeah. and concerts that I can make the most of being here. And also nice. of still being young because you can get cheap tickets. Well, this um, is it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah. And I suppose like it's going to be a big lifestyle shift for me being yeah. in London. So I am quite looking forward to the chaos of it all. Nice. How are you going to get to the hills? to do no, your fell running yeah that's that that is the the real sort of other end of the stick unfortunately yeah it's yeah. gonna be the run the running is is gonna have to to make i'm gonna have to make some changes i think put more okay. time into flat running but it's it's Fair. a it's a pain london's off. got some great parks great yeah, parks exactly. yeah, yeah and if you want to do your two three hours in regent's park <laughs> off you go Matt. yeah yeah <laughs> Matthew, yeah, we'll thank you so much for joining me. It was such a pleasure to chat with you again and I hope that everything goes amazing and hopefully we'll get to chat again in a few months or a year or so. Yeah, no, and, I really uh, hope so. Check in on all these risk-taking moments. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. No, <laughs> thanks so much for having me on. I've, yeah, oh, really enjoyed Absolute that. pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me in getting to know the singers from Steve Phillips Management. Join me next week with another performer. I'm Fergal Curtis and this has been Let's Talk About the Arts with Steve Phillips Management.